When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone. Welcome to probably the most special, with all due respect, podcast in the history of histories. Here at Optus Sport, it is the Women's World Cup, the full preview, and I'm, uh, I don't usually use the term fangirling, but I'm a little bit intimidated by who is alongside me for this. Three legends of the green and gold, Cheryl Salisbury, Amy Duggan, and Heather Garriock. Hello, guys. Uh, Cheryl, welcome to you first. What a delight to have you on board. Oh, it's been a whirlwind week. I'm seeing everyone this week. It's great. Amy, what about you? I know how excited you are. Absolutely. Cannot wait for this World Cup to kick off. Heather, you've just swanned in from Canberra, just nailing life in general as a coach, obviously, and a former player as well. How excited are you for the World Cup? I'm just super excited to be able to be part of the Optus Sport team and call so many games, uh, 52 matches. I, I just can't wait. It's going to be football every day. No sleep for anyone and, uh, yeah, a lot of great football coming up. So let's, we just want to get everyone in the mood and just get, give people an idea of what they have to look forward to. And as you say, Heather, going to be able to watch every single game, which and everything's hosted as well. We're going to get your thoughts uh, from here and over in Paris as well. Um, so let's get started, shall we? Cheryl, you're, you first. Just, just a general thing. What are you most looking forward to about the, the whole tournament? Um, I think, as Heather said, everything's going to be televised and it's something that women's soccer and, or football or sport in general has lacked is, is seeing what other countries are doing. You know, we know what's happening within Asia because we're part of the Confederation, but to see what the European clubs are doing and, you know, some of the English clubs that we don't get to see a lot, you know, that's what I'm really looking forward to and, you know, there's so much football out in the world to be watched. I just can't wait to be a part of it all. This is as close as I'm ever going to get to being on the field again, right? But we get to watch every (laughs) moment of every game. Um, The best players in the world on the one big stage all together against each other. It is the ultimate showdown. And also, not to mention, the Matildas are actually contenders at this World Cup and it's just so nice that we could be lifting the World Cup trophy and just to see uh, Australia, this particular golden generation... Uh, let's see how they're going to perform at this World Cup. It's going to be amazing. As you say, Heather, they are genuine contenders, but you could put a few in that mix, maybe more than a few. So is this the most even we've seen? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you've got the likes of England. You've got Germany, who's always a powerhouse. The USA, who think that think they've already won before they got there with their, <laughs> their self-belief. Some things never change. <laughs> yeah, no, it's never changed, as it They yes. do have the runs on the board. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah, they certainly do. Um, but the likes of France to, to uh, be hosting your own World Cup and then you've got the example of the men's team who've just won the World Cup recently and it, it's just going to be a fantastic World Cup. It is very even, but the Matildas, uh, we're looking for them to shine. We sure are, but they 
some stiff competition, isn't it? Like we talked about America, we talked about Germany, and we go down that list, England, France, even Canada. We've hardly touched on them in our recent conversations. But so many teams full of so many superstars. And those names are becoming household names now and up against each other. Some of the one-on, you know, we talk about the teams against each other as being exciting, but some of those one-on-one battles will also be super fascinating to watch. Yeah, I just think um, some of the likes of, of the world's best players, when, when you look at it um, in the past at World Cups, any world, world best player would be a martyr. That's the person that, you, that, that you'd actually look at. But She's one of a number. Absolutely. And um, Marta is, is very much down the list these days, especially getting on, but also a force in, in the Brazil team as well, who Australia will play. But for me, um, Sam Kerr's a big name. You, you, you've got the likes of Le Summer in France. You've got the likes of Boniessa in, in Italy, uh, who are, were in the group stages. So it's, it's just there's just so many fantastic players. And then you've got other countries for the first t- time in the World Cup that I think could be dark horses. What do you think, Cheryl, to you about um, how far the women's game, if you like, has come? And, well, there are many facets to this typical me, I'm going to tangent, to this question. One of them being, we've touched on the USA already. Uh, they a Sponsors come on board and handed every single member of the squad a cheque for about $32,000, what, what the gap is between the men's and the women's in the USA. Um, just, just a real you know, tip of the cap towards gender equality and, and, and bridging that gap. What do you think of, of that move, for, for one? Oh, how much time have we got here? <laughs> I mean, it's always a, a hot topic. And, you know, for a long time as Matilda, we've been told that you know we're not going to earn the same amount of money we don't get bums on seats in stadiums you know we don't bring in the sponsorship and you know the US women's team have you know far surpassed the men in any of the terms of sponsorships getting people into stadiums and everything else but yet they still only earn you know one-fifth of what the men earn and the coach only earns you know probably the same sort of thing and there's all these inequalities that We've been told our entire lives that this is why we don't get as much. Now the US are, you know, are giving those comparisons and blowing the guys out of the water in terms of, you know, bums on seats in stadiums and sponsorship dollars and TV rights coming in, but they're still not getting paid the same. So, you know, it's while it's great that they've got this, you know, check for $32,000, I'm sure if it was the US uh, men's team, it'd be a lot more. Just on that, Mel uh, and Chez and Amy, um, for me, but, but do you think that we should be getting paid the same amount as the men at this moment in time? I, I personally think that it's a process and at the moment the US are the pioneers and what they're doing is absolutely fabulous but in saying that I think it's a process and, and we need to, I guess, buy our time for the moment. Um, the US are pioneering in that area and it's fantastic to see and at the moment it's capturing the imagination of, of other... Uh, nations, yeah, um, absolutely. But at the, you know, at the same time, the US have proven themselves time and time again. The amount of gold medals they got from Olympics and World Cups, they've proven themselves. They should be on equal pay, if not more. We've still got things to prove, and there's a lot of inequalities on a lot of inequalities off the field that you know FFA and sponsors and everyone involved in in football in Australia can do to bring the equality up, and that's the stuff off the field, not the pay packet. I think you also have to look at the inequality of just bringing it straight back to the women's game across the teams and their investment going into this World Cup. You've got a team like America, regardless of pay, how much they invest in their team and invest in their time together and um, invest in the game as a whole over there. And then you're comparing that to, you know, what some of these emerging nations now entering their first World Cup are investing in their game. So there's inequality not just between the men and the women. There's inequality between the top leagues and the top nations in the world and the ones entering the World Cup for the first time. And the Americans, 
like it or not, a lot of it comes down to TV and TV numbers. That World Cup final four years ago broke all kinds of ridiculous records for people watching. And, and you know, so if you're in the USA, it's absolute gold in that regard. And ab- absolutely. And it is the number one sport. Let's, let's have a look. It is the number one sport in America. And all young girls dream to be a, a US national team player. And from a foundation point of view, in terms of their participation and their numbers, it's absolutely massive. So Australia has got a long way to go from there. But... Uh, equality, I, I totally agree with you, Shez. Uh, we're certainly on the right track, but we need to do a lot more. Yeah, and it's all the things, and it's you know, it's the effort in boardrooms to make sure there's equal sponsorship, there's effort in advertising to make sure there's a Matilda and a Socceroo in all publicity things. Exactly. And those start, things are starting to happen. They didn't happen in our generation, and we fought so hard for it, but it is starting to happen now, and there's still a lot of things even further behind the scenes in terms of change rooms and getting changed on buses. And if you can honestly say that... If one of the A-League players would do it, then it's okay for the W-League players, then that's fine, but there's a lot of things that aren't very equal. Do you remember the days where we has, used to have to um, pay for our own washing or wash our, or wash our <laughs> T-shirts in the sink? Yeah, go to the yeah, days yeah. of that. Unbelievable. <laughs> Not and at this World Cup. No, and really quickly, before we move on, Heather, just seeing Lisa Devanna, absolute rock star, before she heads off uh, to the World Cup, and she said, I'm flying business class. What about yeah. that? Fantastic, and, yeah. and so so they should be flying business class. Um, it's such a long flight to Europe, and we're all professionals. They're all professionals these days, and they should be flying business class or even first class. Let's 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 bump it up. First class on the way back after a uh, World Cup win. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good to me, Shez. We need our star. One of our star strikers looked after. Okay, we're going to play finish this sentence. Uh, Cheryl, oh no, Amy. I'm going to start Ooh. with you. This one. <laughs> the Matildas finish at the World Cup will be. Wow. It's the prediction game, isn't it? The World Cup, the hardest one to pick with the top nations all. We're coming in, you know, with a pretty high ranking and I think if we don't finish above that ranking, it will be a failure. I'm hoping that they're going to finish... Oh, look, I'd love to see them win the World Cup. Do I realistically think we're going to Come get on, them? one word, no. Amy. One word. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay, the Matilda finish at the World Cup will be fifth. Oh, Cheryl. Podium. Heather. Yeah, I, th- I think um, semi-finals. I think they'll come sixth. Because they've got the quarterfinal curse that they, they want to break as well. Oh, what about this? Cheryl, to you, the way to stop the USA is? Oh, let me jump in. Yeah, go, go on. The way to stop the USA is to high-press them so they can't get out because they're so athletic and powerful um, that I think uh, Australia were too kind to them in, in our last international. Absolutely. Yeah, smash get their up belief. in their faces. Yeah, smash their belief. And you just can't switch off because you will be punished for any yeah. mistake. That's the thing about the USA. They are so relentless and they've got that history behind them. It doesn't matter if they're two goals down at half time or a goal down with 30 seconds to go. You know they can still come back and win that game and that's their biggest asset. It's a belief though, isn't it? It's like yeah. this inbred belief in their culture it's of culture. football over there that they are winners. It's this, this belief inside them that they're winners. But the Matildas have this now. They yeah, believe the ne- never say die attitude. Yep, and they've had that for years. And the last time the Americans were beaten was by Australia. Thank you. Mm. So boom, do that again. Why not? All right, uh, <laughs> Heather, to you. Who is more crucial for France, Henri or Renard? I think Le Summer, but let's say <laughs> Renard. <laughs> um, look, I, I just think she's a phenomenal player. Um, f- for me, the French team is is going to be a team to, to reason with. Her technical ability, tactical ability, versatility, yeah, I, I think she's amazing. But again, um, 
Let's not leave La Summer out either. And the added ability to score goals. I can't believe I'm agreeing with you on something, but we are. Um, <laughs> she just has that ability to come forward out of the back line and make something of a situation, but is also crucial in the air yep. in attack. All right. Here's a big one. Ada Hegerberg, considered the best player in the world by many, not being at the World Cup is... You all want to answer this one? I think it's shattering. Scandalous? Yeah. Oh, Yes and no. I mean, you know, we've all had to put our foot down and draw a line in the sand somewhere. And, you know, as Matildas, the Matildas a few years ago put that line in the sand and refused to go to the USA to improve conditions. And I think she's done the same thing, but just on a much bigger scale. All right. uh, Third place finisher that will be a threat is... We're going to agree on this one too. I know, Heather. You're going what to are say, you going to say? You're going to say South Africa, and I'll probably agree with you because really most of the teams that finished third were in those playoffs, and I don't see a lot of them getting out of the group stages. Yeah, I know. South Africa is a team that's um, obviously an African nation, but some of the quality of players and um, the African nations. Are, just recently, I've had a, a two South Africans in my Cambrian Island squad uh, with Rhoda, who's going to be their main striker, along with um, Raphael Jane. And Raphael Jane is the most gracious, beautiful, holding midfielder. She plays more of an attacking role in South Africa and just a gem. So I I think South Africa um, are an outstanding nation, especially to go through the group stages. Cheryl? Uh, I think when you look at all the groups, there's definitely two clear cuts that are probably going to progress unless something strange happens. So I think any of the third places, I don't think they're probably really going to be a threat. I think it'll be a very outside chance if one of them does get through. All right, Amy, to you. Europe has closed the gap in women's football by. This well, is a big one. It is because Europe used to be the strongest con- like the strongest area for football in the women's game by the US, obviously. And a lot of our players, or, a lo- or lots of players across the world, wanted to go and play there. And that landscape's really changed over the last 10 to 15 years. And they're only just starting to re-emerge and close that gap. So we see, obviously, the French League is, you know, if not the one of the strongest leagues in the world now and um, very hard for internationals to crack into that market and they are producing, as you see when you look at their national team, some serious quality uh, just with the training facilities. Again, the investment in the game and that's what it comes down to. Then we watch teams like uh, Norway who used to be powerhouses uh, who completely dropped off the radar for a period of time and are now rebuilding and their leagues are starting to build up as well and, and internationals are starting to head back towards Europe for a few stints here and there and I think you'll see that grow over the next probably eight to ten years and I hate that we have to talk like that in, in such big cycles but that's how it is. I think Europe, Europe's closed the gap by uh, having quality leagues and um, they've been outstanding in that and it's not the head federation or the national team that drives the leagues. In actual fact, their main pay salary is by their club and for me having that and then they go into national teams similar to what our Socceroos do um, and that's how they've closed the gap and not only that, they're now encouraging players to go to the US and we see a lot of European players playing in the US and then they then trickle into the W League so I think that's strengthened things quite a lot. Will we see European players more and more coming into the W League soon? I hope so. Because we've seen the Americans now, not all of them but some. Well, yeah. about the leagues lining up, though. It's about the timing yeah. of the leagues. Timing and, of the leagues. And making a decision. Some of those players have to make a decision where they want to play. And what that's about, the tough thing. What about the uh, England's domestic league as well? They've obviously invested a huge amount of money into the national setup finally, but their league has come such a long way. Oh, well and truly. And when you've got the backing of the Premier League clubs that have got endless amounts of money and to be able to back women's football, it's a no-brainer. And uh, they took a while to come out. 
But just seeing uh, the likes of Arsenal and Man City and Chelsea uh, employing and, and giving contracts out and minimum wages out to these players, and it's only going to stre- strengthen England's and the, the other nations around it and internationals around it. And we can already su- see the success within the English team, how many of the players have, have now professionalised their, their trade in football and how good they, they've been. There, there is a correlation, though, between a good league and a good national team. Most definitely, mm. yep. Exactly. All right. Cheryl, <laughs> it's supposed to be one word. <laughs> We're all terrible at this game. European threat. Oh, I think, you know, as a few of us have said, France are, are going to be a massive threat. You know, they've, they've just got the quality all over the park. They've got the support behind them. They've got the, the host nation. You know, it's, it's all there lined up for them almost to lose. So I think, you know, they've got to be one of the biggest threats. France at home, trying to do the double... Proving, proving their worth, but my big question mark is, will the pressure be too much? I think um, well, France is one of my favourites, definitely, but England, wow. Their versatility, the way Neville's got them to play, they've been, their results have been outstanding of recent. Um, they're united, they're, they're collective. I think uh, England definitely is going to be one to watch. They seem to be full of confidence at the moment, and uh, the whole nation's excited, which is a great thing. Um, the numbers game. The numbers game. Small explanation. See how you go. Just try, <laughs> do your best. The first one, the big, the big one, Sam Kerr, goals. Cheryl. I don't think it's the number of goals we have to worry about. How many backflips is she going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Which equal goals? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think she's going to be marked tight, but I think she's proven whether it's in the domestic league in the US or whether it's in Australia, uh, she has the ability to score goals and get loose of her defenders. And, you know, I think she's probably going to average maybe one goal a game, um, possibly two. And I think you'll see the backflip probably wait until a little bit further on in those more <laughs> crucial incidents. Unless it's in the last, you know, minute of the game and she scores to win, you'll see the backflip come out. But I think... Um, also, Caitlin Ford. I reckon she might be, uh, you know, there's all this focus on Sam Kerr. I think Caitlin Ford, she's really grown over the last few years and I think she's really at that age bracket and got that confidence in herself and everything that's built within that team that I think she's going to really shine at this World Cup too. I agree with you. I can't wait to see Caitlin Ford. I realise we've uh, veered off. If, if you were defend- Sorry. No, 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 it's good. <laughs> if you were defending against Sam Kerr, how, how would you go about it? Uh, you would have to just stay on top of your focus for watching her. Keep hold her a shirt in, and don't let him move. Yeah, keeping her in your sights, <laughs> Sorry, not letting not her get. Yeah, not letting her get off your shoulders. I mean, my worst nightmare as a defender was small, agile, quick. You know, defenders give me Abby Wombach any time to you know muscle up to, but they've just got to stay on top of her. They've not not got to give her too much. Um, space to move you know don't think that she's too good that they're going to get round her and things like that just stay on top of her if she hasn't got the space to move and run block and run stepping in front as she goes to take off anything to put her off a game you know it's probably distracted from what she's supposed to do is going to be the best thing for any defender out there <laughs> uh okay it was sam kerr goals though how many goals is she going to score oh i think she'll get seven in the entire tournament you too i was gonna go six Jump. six heather three I'm going to go 10, because I can. Um, (laughs) That'll be a golden boot as well then. (laughs) All right, numbers game. We're still playing the numbers game. USA wins. Oh, I think they'll win everything in their group game. And I think they'll come unstuck against the Matildas wherever they play them. Nice. I think they'll be on the podium. 
So I, I think they'll top three. So they'll win everything up until the, the final. I think they'll be in the final. So they'll, they'll win every group game? Everything, yeah. quarters, unless semis. they play well, in the Tildes. They? They're going to they breeze. They're going to walk through their group stage. They're I depth. have no doubt about that. I think they'll have some serious challenges come semi, or come quarters, semis times. Yeah. Um, we often see them lull a little bit there, but I, I think, like Heather, that they'll be right at the top come the end. Heather, teams from Africa in the round of 16. Like, like I've spoken about, I think South Africa um, are outstanding. I know, I know several of the players, so I think they'll, they'll make the round 16. The, so one in the round of 16? Yeah, one. Okay. Amy? Hmm. It's hard because when I look at the statistics and the numbers going through, I don't. South Africa might even squeeze out of the group stage. I, I'm still yet to see if they if they can make it through the group stage. This is a this is a big step up, and I think you know in your debut World Cup, it's a huge thing. And we look at the history, the Matildas, and how the gradual improvements occurred. And we look at teams that you know I don't want to say have an easier path to the World Cup because it's never easy to get there. But there are teams that will will probably never get out of the group stage. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't even know if any of them will get through. It's having that surprised. consistency, yeah. game in, game out for the you know to play three high level games in a row. That's what separates the top teams from the and next. That, and next that first step. game, that first group game, is always the difficult one to pick because you think you're up for it, but you haven't really jumped in the water yet. And once you hit the field, it's you know I know it's the same game, but it's a whole different ball game. Okay. Teams on debut, Chile, Jamaica, Scotland, South Africa, well, one's been touched on, to make it out of the group. Cheryl? Uh, I think they'll find it hard to get out of the groups. I think, you know, there, there's a lot more teams, there's a lot more even teams, but I think the teams are more even up at the, the pointy end of the World Cup. I think the, the bottom teams, I think they will struggle, you know, those first-timers to get out of any of the group stages. Uh, Scotland, Scotland's not a bottom <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah, I was going to say Scotland, Scotland will be the dark horse. To get out of the group stages, Scotland is dark horse. Yeah, I'm glaring at her no, because I'm used to you glaring at me. You've got the world's <laughs> best midfielder playing for you has never played at a World Cup. You've got the back line that's as as strong as any other country in the world, and having Kim Little in the midfield, outstanding. And then you got the finishes uh, for them. I, I just think Scotland. There is so much like, love for Kim Little. Amongst players. She's amazing. Yeah, because yeah. she's amazing. And yeah. she, this is her first World she Cup. She seems really loved as well in the W League by players that have come across her. She's just loved. Yeah, she is. And obviously playing at Arsenal under under Joe Montemiro, um, she got him the gig there. So, um, yeah, and my captain for Canberra United, who is the captain for Scotland, the way she operates and her drive reminds me a lot of Shez. Um, just a, a fantastic leader, um, adaptable to all situations, tough in defence, hard to get around. Um, should be able to mark Sam Kerr. Wow, I'm excited for Scotland now. So am I, especially <laughs> them playing the first game against England, which is the hardest that, game. How big is that going to be? Oh, mate, on I'm, top of everything else. I'm pumped for that game. I think we all are now. Uh, all right, Amy, to you. Stop glaring at Heather. <laughs> 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 the number of matches young Mary Fowler will play. One in the group stage if we get far enough ahead. Yeah, I think she'll only come on as a sub if we've got a little bit of um, cruising room and... Yeah, I think there's. you've got to keep your, your best team on and playing at a World Cup is different to anything else you've ever done. So to come out as a, as a young kid and play, it's a massive big step and, uh, yeah, you don't want to put her out too early and, and crush all the dreams and hopes <laughs> if something goes wrong. Yeah, I think she'll play every game. I think she'll play every game. That's she'll a huge call. Come off, come off uh, on as a sub. 
I think he'll play her 15, 20 minutes. Of every game? Yeah. Of every game. For experience? No, not for experience. She's got something, man. She is a prolific goal scorer. She's got no expectation at this World Cup. At international the, senior level, though. All, all the, and that's when they flourish. They, that's no when fear, yeah, no fear X Factor, yeah. up top. Um, yeah, I, I, think she, I think he'll play her the last. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Fifteen minutes of, of every game. We saw that with Daniel Azani as well. People didn't expect, it, it, obviously for the Socceroos, him to get much game time. He came on, people didn't know what to do. And I think a lot of that was the opposition going, who's this kid? Couldn't, hey, what? couldn't yeah. scout, so scout him. Or he just took her, a run on. Exactly right. And she, she's very similar. She's... Um, uh, not not coach. She's not tax, tactically astute, but at the same time, just prolific goal scorer. So I think I think she'll get a run in every game, especially the group games. I'm excited for Mary Fowler now too. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we're still playing the numbers game. We're still failing at how it's supposed to work. Uh, points: the Matildas will finish the group stages on who? Cheryl. I'm going to go full points. I think they can do it. I truly believe that they can win every game out there. Um, it's just that feeling and. As a player, again, I've gone for too long. I've explained myself too much, no, I think. You know, I've gone, gone past. Um, yeah, just that feeling you have as a player when you are there in that situation, it's, you know, you can feel it. And I just think that this is their time. They've done all the hard work for years. It's not just turn up and, you know, hopefully have three great wins and, you know, things go your way. They, they can battle it out and to the best and they're still going to come out on top. So I think they're going to end up on top of the, the group on four points. We've never won all three games in the group stage, right? So for that to happen would yeah. in itself it's would be a remarkable achievement. I'm going to go seven points. I'm going to go nine points. Yeah, I'm like the pessimist here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just telling yeah. you what I think in my experience. I just got steely eyes from you. <laughs> uh, just quickly, well, we've got you three and there's going to be an amazing Just Matilda's preview podcast that you ladies will be involved in and that's a separate one and do tune into that one, obviously. But Ante Milicic, new coach, relative, they haven't been together with him all that long. What Obviously, we had Stadge up until just a few months ago. Do you expect that to have any any impact? Um, what about that journey they've been on? Yeah, look, it, it's either going to go one or two ways. It's either going to have a really positive impact, in which we've, we've seen it has had a positive, positive impact off the field. But on the field, when you concede five goals against America, who's one of the top teams in the world, um, that concerns me. So seeing their game against the Netherlands is going to give us a really good insight of, of how they're going to go. But to change coach five months out of a World Cup, bring a new philosophy in um, for the players... Uh, to be expected to adapt, that is a massive call. But it, it can go one of two ways. And the, the girls are certainly on their toes, I do know that. And they want to impress him. So if that continues, because um, things are, are still going really well so far, even besides the US result, I think it, I think it's a big call um, to bring a new coach in five months out. The philosophy for me is the biggest change. And not necessarily, there's a few selections there I think would have been different had Stadge been there compared to Ante. Uh, and I've 
I purely think that comes down to the way that Ante likes to set his squad up. We saw, you know, defined defenders, defined Matildas, defined strikers, where one of Stadge's, um, you know, calling points was versatility within the squad and being able to cover each other. And I don't think you're going to see that as much with Ante. Um, but, yeah, the big change in philosophy, uh, we've got to get that high press right um, and we've got to be very careful of our vulnerabilities at the back. Yeah, I think, you know, both girls have touched on, you know, both sort of subjects, uh, that philosophy, the change of coach, you know. I don't think you'd see that five months out from a World Cup in any men's competition or, you know, at the start of a season even. You know, it's, it's a massive big call, but I think the thing that the Matildas do have that we've always had, um, I mean, we've had coaches come and go, but never five months before a major tournament, that no matter who the coach is in there, you still know you can rely on each other as players. You still know each other's individual game. And I knew if I had Heather beside me or she was playing up in the midfield, I knew what her game was no matter, you know, where, what position she was playing. And I think the girls have that, even though they may not have that same versatility that they had with Stadge that will be played out on the field in terms of, you know, maybe Caitlin Ford playing at the back if need be. Um, they still know what each other can do at any time and if something does happen and all three subs are being made and something happens in the game and you've got to swap someone over, everyone knows that we can put Caitlin Ford back there. Everyone in that team knows that that position may change or you can put KK back, you know, if Steph Catley's out, you know, on the other side. We all know that those things can happen and everyone within that team knows it can happen. So even though Ante may not have been coaching towards doing those sort of things the girls can fall back because Stadge had them for so many years and you know instilled all those great philosophies and made them so versatile that if something happens in a game and the girls have got to figure it out on the field on their own they can do that they've got that backing of you know three or four years with Stadge. Caitlin Ford a perfect example of someone who has played all over the park and also in terms of impact coaches and World Cups the Socceroos had it this time round, last year, and 2006, but very different, of course, but hitting just coming in, that worked. Last year didn't work, and obviously it wasn't five months out as well. So interesting times. It will be very interesting to see. We how could have a whole podcast on the coaching scenario, <laughs> well, I'm pretty um, sure. I'd, I've snuck that in, by the way. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Okay, next one. Boom or bust? I want to boom or bust, and why? Germany. Heather. Uh, boom. They're a nation, they're a powerful nation. Uh, They've got all the ingredients to win a World Cup. They've got the players, they've got the league, they've got the the technical ability um, and the new coaches come come in as well. So I think they'll be be a boom. I'm going to go with a bust with that. I just have, again, it's just that feeling. What is a bust, though? Is a bust them being ranked number two and not making it to the semis? Is a bust getting, you know, where where is bust for you? Not reaching their expectations. So that's the final. They're ranked second in the world. I don't think they'll make the final. Right, well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Amy's not taking that very well. (laughs) England. Amy. Boom. Boom. They'll be right up there. Boom. boom. Uh, All right. Easy. France. Boom, boom. (laughs) Boom. Let me me just clarify something um, that France has had in (laughs) recent World Cups is they're chokers, massive chokers. So they've they've got the team. They've got the players. They've got the home home advantage. They've got the men's side who they've in, been inspired by, but they, ch- they choke in big competitions. So we know what's going to be played to the French team before the World Cup as motivation. This podcast and that grab. So thank you for <laughs> just giving them all. I'm sure they're listening. Absolutely. Right, Netherlands. Bust. Bust. 
I just don't think that they've got some quality talent in the centre of the midfield. A couple of, you know, classy, classy players, but I just think right across the paddock, they're just not going to have the consistency and the strength to get through. To oh, get through quarters, maybe. You should actually say, boom or bust, like you said, what's the expectation? So if they're bust, say where you think they should finish or where they should finish and that they won't. I think ne- Netherlands are a team that is exceptional. They've got quality all around the park and to say that they don't have goal scorers, have a look at um, Van der Sen. She's an amazing player. She's actually playing at home in France. She plays for PSG so and she's, she's going to be a quality striker up front and then they've got the technicians of the midfield in Martins. So yeah, I, I think they're a quality team. Yeah, quality team but I don't think they've got it to go back to back consistently throughout the World Cup to make it past the quarterfinals. So just to clarify, they, they've never never made it past the group of 16. So at a World Cup, so they, they'd want to do better than that this time, even though they're European champions. So it's a bust? I All think rounds. it's a boon. You think boom, bust? Okay. Yeah. Canada. Amy. They've kind of been the quiet horse in the lead up to the World Cup, I feel, but I think it's bust. I don't think we'll see them in the semi-finals. Yeah, I'm going to go bust. I think there's so many other nations that have caught up to them and as Amy said they've always been that little bit of a dark horse they've always fought out each game with you know strength and guts and sheer perseverance and I don't think that's enough these days in this World Cup with the amount of quality players and teams that they'll progress past the quarterfinals. I think they're a bust Um, yeah I think a change of coach obviously about a year or two ago in uh, John Herdman I think uh uh, the European teams and us in Australia has surpassed them. Um, the old long ball, get it in the mixer and see if you can um, try and score a goal. I think that's uh, well gone these days. So, yeah, I think it's a bust. Japan. Yeah, similar situation in a bust. I think, you know... Runners up four years ago. Yeah, they I think... under the radar. They've still got all phenomenal ball skills and ability on the ball, but I think... Are they physically physically in the game now? I don't think so. I still don't think they're physically in the game, but I think most other countries now, or when you look at maybe the, the top eight to ten countries, they're all physically strong. They've all got good ball control. They've all got good play sense. They've all got you know exceptional athleticism, but they, they have that strength. Other countries have that strength and athleticism over the top of the, the, the Japanese, and I think they'll struggle with that after every game, you know, to come up against that every game. If they were coming up against other Asian teams, probably a different story, but, you know, when they kind of come up against other, other teams throughout the world that are, are, are going to be physically dominating them in, you know, athletic ability and, you know, when you've got teams of six-foot giants and things like that, I think the Japanese will struggle. For me, I think uh, Japan's going through a rebuilding stage and I think they hit the, the pinnacle, obviously, when they won and they've lost a few key p- players and one in particular, their captain, Mayama, who drove the team and scored a lot of goals and fantastic free kicks. So I think it's more a rebuilding stage for Japan and we'll see the best of them possibly in the next World Cup. Who are the best nations that uh, have the best leagues and, and invest the most and are the most supportive of women's football and I, I guess most advanced in terms of coaching as well? Heather? Um, oh, there's, there's a lot of facets to that. So I, I think the best nation that's doing the best things for women's football is certainly the USA, yeah. um, most definitely. 
from a coaching perspective, though, I, I don't think they've got the best coaches because, as, as you can see in the NWSL, there's a lot of international coaches that come in. But I'm really impressed with how um, how England's done things and, and what they've invested a lot into the, the leagues and um, how that's impacted massively on the English players and uh, players wanting to stay at home. There's no better, better thing to be able to stay at home and play in your own country and be able to play in Champions League uh, for the club that you, you love growing up. So I think uh, they're doing it fantastically well. And you have to pay credit to that because there was a lot of... There's a lot of controversy around Phil Neville's appointment as the national women's team coach because he was a man, he'd never coached women before, um, had a completely different philosophy to what they were used to, but they're coming along in leaps and bounds, so they're doing something right. What do you guys think of the timing of the, the new A-League team, MacArthur FC, being <laughs> unveiling Ante Milicic the day after the Matildas team announcement? Oh, I think it's a bit of a change to, um, you know, have them ride on the back of the women's football instead of, you know, us trying to ride on the back of uh, <laughs> men's football. It. And, it, you know, that's how it feels like it is. They're riding on the back of the Matildas' success. And I think, you know, the Matildas are the biggest team in, in Australia at the moment and everyone loves them and everyone wants to follow them. And uh, he's been named to coincide with the World Cup coming up. I'd just like to know how he's going to manage both roles at the same time. <laughs> because technically one starts after the other, I understand that, but I'm sure, as Heather can attest, a lot of work goes into setting up a team and recruitment um, and, and making sure you're paying full attention. The women's team is not a part-time job. And Amen. I'm sure neither would the A-League want that. Well, growing up in Campbelltown myself, I think it's fantastic to see a, a, a Westie that's going to coach MacArthur FC, but not at the expense of the Matildas. So it's disappointing to hear his announcement uh, pre-World Cup. And if I'm a player in his team, I'd be thinking, is he going to be fully focused on the World Cup and Olympic Games or is he more focused on recruiting and, and MacArthur FC and doing different appearances? But for his career pro- progression... Hey, how perfect's that? Right. Time is right. He set it up beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he signed on for another 12 months through till the end of the Olympics without truly being tied and tried and tested with his squad, which I think was questionable, questionable in itself. Uh, and then he's now set himself up with a gig after that. So no matter the Matilda's success, the girls know, the game knows, there's change are coming for the Matildas. He's a lovely man and we wish him well. Ante Milicic, uh, particularly, of course, most importantly, at the World Cup. Prediction time, you three. Winner. I know you guys have touched on stuff, but just give it to me again. Sure. Yeah, I think probably if you're looking at odds, the USA, you know, they've just history and, you know, even though we've beaten them and other teams have beaten them over the years, they're still, it's just that thing that I spoke about. They've just got that thing at the World Cup with their history and their culture that they will fight until the death and it doesn't matter if you're 2-0 up at the end of a game and there's a minute to go, I would not put it past them to come back and score. We've seen it time and time again at World Cups to win World Cups. Amy, a variation of that. I, well, I do have who's, a variation. I have a heart, a head fight? and a gut. Who's right? in the World Cup final and what happens? With my heart, I want it to be the Matildas. Matildas in, in USA. My head, <laughs> in my head, I'm seeing France and the USA. And in my gut, I just feel like the USA will just get it done. And it will disappoint me because I'd really love to see someone else. We don't like done. to see the USA win. <laughs> we don't want them to win. What a massive rivalry you've all experienced. It's, it's very exciting to think about. I personally think if France don't choke, I think it's going to be France. I'm going to say the Matildas. Biggest dark horse, Heather. Uh, Scotland. England. Are they a dark horse? I think to win, 
I don't think no, they're No, not dark. to win. I'm not saying to win, but a di- bigger start. Do you, do you mean to win? To win. Oh, biggest dark horse to win. No, not Scotland. I think yeah. Scotland are going to uh, get to quarterfinals. To win dark horse, um, yeah, you'd, you'd probably say England's. Yeah, for sure. Yep, I agree with Shez. England or Germany? Germany, Germany's ranked number two in the world and we're, we throw around all these, you know, we throw around France, we throw in the other top six nations and we don't really focus on Germany and I feel like they're going to just fly under the radar. Okay, what about this one? Imagine that, three times. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest disappointment, Amy? I'm, yeah. Mm. It could be one of those teams, one of those teams we expect to make it to the top that don't. If the USA get knocked out early on in the tournament, won't that be a shock? So, yeah, biggest disappointment or, or biggest shock, exactly right. Yeah. To see one of the, the top five nations not make it to the quarters. It'll happen. I think uh, Japan would be the big, biggest disappointment, especially them being um, second in the Asian Confederation to us. Um, so, yeah. I think it'll uh, a personal disappointment if the Matildas don't make semi-finals would be a personal disappointment. Um, so that's probably, you know, would be my biggest disappointment. I think they've done enough work that they should be in the semi-finals. Heather, golden boot. Ooh. Um, Lucy Bronze from England. Yeah. That's a good one. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big shout as well because she's uh, she's quite versatile. I'm talking about versatile players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's hard. There's so many great strikers, and I think it's going to depend on the depth at which that team can go through to the the final. So I also think set pieces plays a massive role in goal scoring in World Cups. I saw that in the men's. And I and I kind of feel like so you, normally your strikers are the ones that score all the goals, and I'd love to see Sam do that or Caitlin Ford or any of our girls. But but I I think it, you might be surprised. By who ends up being the golden boot winner. Yeah, I think it might be a bit of a surprise. It'll be depending on who goes the furthest in the World Cup. So it could be a US player. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a big fan. Uh, Cheryl, play of the tournament. <sighs> Go player uh, of the tournament and youth as well, because we saw Caitlin Ford did it a couple of yeah. World Cups ago. Yeah, I... I mean, I'd love to see Caitlin Ford. I mean, I, I rate her so highly in her versatility of play that she can play at the back, she can play in midfield. She makes those amazing runs. She's still got ball skills. She can score from anywhere. You know, I my dream would... I'd love to see her win. You know, I think she's I think she's a great player and would I love to see her win? Yes. Will she? I don't know if we have that reputation as Aussie footballers to go that far. That You know, I think it's a bit... Um, push towards those known countries and known players throughout the world like other great awards have been so you know I'm going to say Caitlin Ford Caitlin Ford and it's great to see Caitlin and Ellie Carpenter combining in the US and scoring a spectacular goal um, not that long ago so hopefully they can sort of take that combination into the Matildas but I digress. It's an important World Cup for Ellie I think. Yeah she's She's so young young, as well extremely young but you know, she, she um, was hanging out to go play in the US, waiting to turn 18 to go play over there. She's had a sensational season, named, uh, you know, NAB Player of the Year here in Australia. Um, and I just, I, th- I don't think the pressure will worry her this time. I think she'll actually soak it up and she'll love it and she'll look to really make a big mark at this World Cup. Yeah, she loves a big stage. Heather? 
For me, I think player of the tournament is going to be Lindsay Horan, who is the midfielder of the USA and Portland Thorns. Okay. This one, I think, Heather, you might have said England, Scotland. I don't know if it's your number one, but match to watch out for. I would say England, Scotland. And the reason why I say that is obviously the rivalry between the two. Um, I can say safely that they hate each other and they (laughs) definitely want to get the runs on the board, um, especially in the football sense. Uh, But to be the first match of the World Cup and the first match for any preparation drives you every single extra run you have to do, every single extra lift in the gym you have to do, every single extra you do, you think about that first game. And for me, I know what the Scottish are like. They dig deep and they're hard mentality. And I just think that that's just going to be a phenomenal game. If Scotland get up, then I think England are going to really struggle. I think you should coach the Matildas one day. Every time you speak, I get goosebumps, like just then. (laughs) (laughs) Getting everyone in the mood. That that game is one of the ones that comes up on the list when you first look at the World Cup. It's the one that stands out for you. But I think there's some really important games, and just straight out of Group A right off the top, France, Netherlands, uh, sorry, France, Norway, will um, be a really important game to see who finishes 1-2 in that group uh, because that has some connotations come further down the line and when those teams will meet the US and whichever game that ends up being, I think, will be a cracker. Yeah, I think I'm going to follow on from Amy, you know, even in our group. I think us and, uh, and Brazil, I think, you know, there's a, there's a rivalry that we've created against Brazil. And, you know, I think, I mean, it stems back before the, the Olympics in Rio where they um, got us at the end on PKs. But I think that rivalry is going to be big. I think it'll be a big open game, hopefully, with, a you know, a lot of um, breaks of play and, you know, change of possession and just dart into the other end. I think it's going to be a really open, you know, free-flowing game and, you know, I'm really looking forward to that game and it will, as Amy said, it'll decide maybe who's going to be first and second in our group. Don't forget when Brazil came out here to four houses, they weren't Yeah, they're not happy. (laughs) (laughs) We love it and we hope there's going to be more of that. Ladies, it's been an absolute pleasure. Can't wait to have you guys on the couch and obviously Amy hosting as well throughout the World Cup. We're very excited. Um, It's going to be enormous you can watch every single game and shows in and around the whole thing in the studio in, in and around france we can't wait i can't stress it enough heather yeah Amy? what i love about this i love that not only are we showing every single minute of this world cup we have crews on the ground following our matildas from training camp to to base to game on the sideline we're, we're as close as you can be without actually being there and you don't even have to get out of bed no <laughs> best part, we don't well we do but most people don't have to and coming from a former Matilda U3 you would not have known anything like that I think it's safe to say absolutely not I mean it's just I think we battled just to have our game shown on TV at some point and the whole game not just the snippets on the news if it did happen so you know this is what we've always dreamed of such a wonderful opportunity for the generations of footballers to come, regardless of which team they support, to be able to see the world's best players. You know, it's wonderful that our, our young daughters and, and sons get to see the Matildas playing their own backyard and they get to, you know, the accessibility of the Matildas is so good. But this is an actual chance to see the competition, the big names of the game across the world and they get to see them put a face to the name and actually watch them. I think the girls have echoed it perfectly but for me just to see role models um, and for whatever country uh, you're going for especially in Australia we're a very multicultural country so um, you can put your jersey on of your your home nation and be able to cheer on on Optus Sport it's phenomenal it is a dream come true for me. We are definitely in the if you weren't already you've got to be in the mood now you I'm obviously you don't want to miss a second of it we can't wait there are podcasts for 
the group stages, all the different groups. In fact, the Matildas is a special Matildas podcast as well. Grab that and hopefully if you're in the mood. We are so excited. We'll see you for the coverage. It all begins on June 8th. See you then. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,